0: next episode of the Bulletproof Development Podcast. I'm Paul Abercrombie. It's good to be back. And in the Bulletproof Development Podcast, we look at all things property development tips, tricks, strategies you can use to get ahead as a property developer. And if you've not started yet as a property developer, ways in which you can get started and education for you and things that you can use in the real world to become a sustainable and long-term property developer. So in this episode, we're going to be looking at performance bonds, what are they, how you can use them, what you can use them for, and what to be aware of when it comes to using performance bonds. So if you're about to enter into a contract as a developer, if you're going to give a contract to a construction company or a main contractor, then you need to be considering performance bonds. So you may be in a position where you're worried about the amount of credit that you're giving to that organization. Effectively, when you give a main contract out to a contractor, you are putting an element of risk, handing your element of risk over to them. Because if they fail to perform on the project or enter into any form of insolvency or don't simply just don't perform to the level that you want, you will incur a loss. And you will be liable for that loss as a developer. And if you have funding in place, you will still have to repay those funds to the banks and to your lenders. And again, you as the developer will be liable for the poor performance of that contractor. And you have a number of ways to recover that back. Legal action against the contractor, or if the contractor goes into insolvency, you can attempt to recover some of those funds via the sale of their assets via their liquidator or the administrator or whoever takes over that process. But that can be long and it's unlikely that it we'll come to any fruition and you probably will not get what you want back. So the only way you can protect yourself as a developer in entering into a main contract with a contractor is to have a performance bond in place. This really helps because if you are worried about the performance or the credit worthiness of that contractor, but you've already got a relationship through the tender process or you, you know, you've gone so far down the line with them, you don't want to switch to another contractor. By having a performance bond put in place, it will allow you to move forward with some surety, with some confidence that any performance or contractual breach would be taken care of by the performance bond. And it saves you having to switch contractors at the last minute or change around because you don't wish to move forward in the contract. So what is a performance bond? In simple terms, it is a guarantee by a third party, usually a bank or an insurance company, that they will underwrite the performance of that contractor. Now, we're not talking a guarantee that goes on beyond a, you know, a sustainable period of time, five years, 10 year guarantee, like an NHBC guarantee or a builder's warranty. We are talking about performance in relation to the contract that you are asking them to undertake. So effectively, if they fail to complete the contract for whatever reason, should that be liquidation, administration, or, you know, whatever commercial terms lets them down and they fail to deliver the contract, then the third party will pay out to the value of that performance bond, you know, being like an insurance policy or a guarantee from a third party. And again, these are often issued by banks or by third party insurance companies. So what is a performance bond? Effectively, it's a promise from a third party that should your contractor not meet the terms of their contract, should there be any event of a contractual breach, should the contract go into administration or liquidation, or there's any event of insolvency, then that third party will pay you the value of that performance bond. Now, these are usually issued by a bank or an insurance company. And again, you know, it's a policy that protects you as the developer and and ensures that the contractor does their very best to get to the end of that contract. So performance bonds are typically between 10 and 20% of the contract value. I have seen some that are slightly more overbearing than that, up to 50% of a contract value, but normal industry standards are between 10 to 20% of the contract value. And as a developer, asking the main contractor for a performance bond to that level would not be seen as unreasonable. Now, a word of warning these performance bonds are usually on larger projects. And I'm going to go out there and say probably, you know, construction values of. 500,000 pounds plus. It would be unreasonable to have a small refurb of 25 grand and ask the uh, contractor for a performance bond. There are other forms of surety that you can get on smaller contracts, and maybe we'll cover that in a separate podcast. But for this one, assume that they're larger uh, building projects, new build building projects, larger projects with larger construction values, you know, over half a million pounds to a million pounds plus. Construction value, and then it would be typical that you would ask for, or it wouldn't be unreasonable for you to ask for, a performance bond. So, there are different types of performance bonds that can be taken out depending on the level of cover that you require as a developer, and also depending on the Creditworthiness of the contractor and the commercial situation of that contractor. If they're a new contractor, they will find it hard to get a bond. And, you know, their, their, their market of people they can go to to underwrite that bond would be limited compared to a large contractor that's been going for a sustained period of time. And therefore, they will have the ability to go to competitive uh, lenders or competitive banks, competitive insurance companies to get that bond. So the first bond is called an on-demand bond. Now, this is the most risk adverse approach that you can take as a developer. Essentially, with an on-demand bond, there are no conditions attached to that bond that needs to be met in order for you, the developer, to invoke the rights of the bond. So usually with bonds, you would have a set of conditions. And should any of those conditions be breached, then you can claim for that bond. But with an on-demand bond, you can call upon that bond whenever you want. You can invoke the bond whenever you want. And you do not need as a developer to demonstrate any loss of any sort or that the contractor has breached the contract in any way. Now, word of warning with these, the contractor will likely face a higher cost to have these bonds put in place. Because like we said earlier, they are an insurance policy or provided by a bank. And the terms of that bond will dictate that the contractor will most likely pay a fee for that bond. And he will pass that fee over to you as a developer by way of the building contract. So, you know, whatever level of bond you want to be, be put in place, you can protect yourself, but you as the developer or the client will be paying the cost of that bond somewhere along the line. So with an on-demand bond where there are no conditions attached to it, where you can claim as a developer, whenever you like on that bond, higher premiums are applied to the cost to the cost of it implementing that bond by the insurance company or by the bank. But this does reduce your risk significantly alongside, you know, a significantly higher cost of having that bond in place. Now, if the contractor can demonstrate a good track record of having these, uh, you know, having construction contracts completed without any breaches, then it's likely that whoever the third party that's issuing the bond is will look at that and the liability of that bond, the cost of that bond could go down. But most of the time, an on-demand bond carries a much higher cost than the other types of bond. There is also a risk that with on-demand bonds, they are subject to being, you know, abused by developers. And there have been some cases in the past where a developer will invoke the right of a bond just because there's been a dispute of some sort, not necessarily because it's right, proper or valid that the bond be uh, called upon. So that is also taken into account when uh, third-party companies are looking to underwrite on-demand bonds, and some of them actually refuse to underwrite on-demand bonds, you'll be asked as a developer to provide lots of information to the third-party company, along with the contractor, to get them comfortable with the risk that they're taking by putting that bond in place. And again, the cost of these bonds is passed across to you via the contractor's price, so don't think that the contractor is going to issue these bonds for free. You will pay a fee for these bonds. So, by way of conclusion, there are two types of performance bonds on demand and conditional bonds. Like I said earlier, on demand bonds are becoming less and less common because they are easy to exploit by the developer. So, therefore, there will be some conditions attached making it a conditional bond. If you are in a position where you are being asked to put down any form of guarantee or business guarantee, personal guarantee to underwrite your development finance loan or any loan as part of that property development, then you should make sure you shadow that into your contracts and ask for a performance bond or a conditional bond of some sort so that you protect your downside when it comes to the contractor. See, in the event of any contractor insolvency, any serious breach of contract, you will be covered if you have a bond in place. So make sure that you do that from the start. Do not leave it until the end of negotiations and then slip in that you need a bond because that can cause some shock to some contractors. So make sure it's clear and documented in your employer's requirements or in your tender document from the start. It's normal to ask for a bond of between 10 and 20%. Any more than that can be considered as being onerous. So, if you are looking to put a bond in place, between 10 and 20% will be fine. Most of the, well, all of the pre written contracts, such as JCT standard contracts, NEC standard contracts, Federation of Master Builders standard contra- uh, contracts, All have the ability to write in bonds and the requirements for bonds. So it's not unusual and it's something that you should be using as a developer to protect your downside. There will be a fee for these bonds and they will be passed across to you. But in relation to what you're protecting, the fee is damn right worth paying. So make sure you really start using performance bonds and look at these on larger contract values. Again, this is aimed at people and developers contracting with a contract value of, you know, between half a million, a million pounds, a million pounds plus, anything below that, you know, you probably don't need to look at using performance bonds and it would be unreasonable and probably a little bit onerous for the types of contractors that you will be using. So only for larger projects, but certainly something that you should be using and worth getting into and finding out more information. So this is Bulletproof Development, the property development podcast. If you need any more information on this, check out www.bulletproof-development.com where you can find uh, any more information. You can find some training courses that you can get access to some masterclasses that you can get access to and you will also find a form on the podcast page where you can submit any questions or future topics for podcasts and we will provide the content for you once again thank you for listening i look forward to seeing you in the next episode